Welcome to Real Radiant, a podcast from the heart to help you connect to your radiant self. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and each week I'm bringing on some amazing guests for real and honest conversations on topics like lifestyle, wellness, and how to live your best life. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Real Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Lesniewski, and I'm so happy to be back here for another episode this week. This week, I am joined by E.B. Johnson. She is a master practitioner NLP and has really created a platform for helping people overcome narcissistic abuse, and that's exactly what we talked about in today's episode. We talked all about growing up in a household with a narcissist, what exactly a narcissist is, how to kind of handle it, see through their manipulation and overcome your expectations towards that person. We covered so many different things in this episode about narcissists, so I highly recommend listening Whether you have a known narcissist in your life or maybe someone that you may think is a narcissist or just want to learn more, this is a perfect episode for you. EB is such a knowledgeable person on this subject. She grew up in a household of narcissists, has so much personal experience all about it, and I really just enjoyed talking with her. She definitely knows what she's talking about, and it was just a really, really great conversation. I know that you guys are going to get a lot out of this. So before we get into the episode, I just want to remind you guys to please rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. I love hearing feedback from you guys and want to know what you like, don't like, or anything that you want to hear. So please always let me know. And also follow the Instagram at Real Radiant with two T's where I'm posting daily about podcast updates, lifestyle, wellness, yoga tips, all that kind of good stuff. So definitely go check it out. And without further ado, Here's Evie. Hi, Evie. Thank you so much for coming on Real Radiant Podcast. I'm so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Excited to chat. Me too. So the question of the podcast that I love to start with right off the bat is what is one quote that has resonated with you and changed your perspective on things like life, jobs, relationships, anything like that? Oh, it's such a good question. It's a really, the quote that I always go back to is so cliche and I'm always kind of like a bit embarrassed when I say the person who kind of wrote it and came up with mm-hmm. it. But um, one quote that resonates with me kind of across the board and that I've always come back to, especially, you know, being a, an adult with childhood trauma and all that good stuff is it's a quote from Nietzsche and it is, you have to have chaos within yourself to give birth to a dancing star mm-hmm. or one has to have chaos within oneself to give birth to a dancing star. And that was really kind of transformative for me and like super powerful because I had, you know, grown up and like lived all this time with all this emotional turmoil and like all this really heavy baggage. And to think about, you know, comparing that to like the big bang of the universe and how it made all of this beauty, you know, that we sit in awe and look at all these satellite pictures. Well, that kind of chaos Mm -hmm. was within me as well, that pressure, Mm -hmm. that intensity. And so I could use that to make something beautiful for myself, even though it was a big pile of crap that had been handed to me. So mm-hmm. that's one that I always come back to. I like that. I like that. It's a good reminder that like the things that you go through shapes you into who you are right now. And it's like, even though some of the things you may have went through were not ideal and there were like bad situations, you have to have like a little sense of gratefulness for them because if you didn't go through those, then you wouldn't yeah. be the beautiful person you are today. So that's yeah. a really good one. It's a really good reminder. So tell us a little bit about yourself, like who you are, what you do, all of that stuff for those who don't know. 
Yes. Um, so I'm E.B. Johnson. Um, I run Practical Growth, which is a podcast and a blog, and I am an NLPMP, which is a neurolinguistic programmer, master practitioner. Um, so I coach people to get through traumatic relationships, uh, childhood trauma, narcissistic abuse. Um, so I spend a lot of my time kind of trying to educate people on the reality of childhood trauma and development, the effects that has on your relationships throughout adulthood, um, in your mental health, and also just trying to expose the reality of narcissism, because that's a really kind of <laughs> a big mm -hmm. buzzword that everybody uses. Uh, and it's, you know, it's a very real thing. It is increasing. It's very dangerous. But I think people make a lot of nonsense out of it, too. So I try to teach people the reality of narcissistic abuse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when you were a child, did you always want to go into something like this field or was it just your experiences that led you to wanting to like help other people with it? That's really, you know, it's this very funny. So no, I did not plan to end up being here doing mm -hmm. what I'm doing. Um, I wanted to be a doctor, which is, you know, when you look at it, it's kind of hand in hand. So I grew mm -hmm. up knew I wanted to help people like that was 100% what I was going to do. And I went into pre-med and then I decided that I was going to um, actually teach music. And so I was always mm -hmm. going to be a teacher and I was always going to kind of aim myself to that. But it wasn't really until I started kind of being forced to make peace with my past because I did grow up in a very toxic, very traumatic childhood environment. Mm -hmm. um, when I started making peace with that and being like forced, like, okay, you're trying to get to the next level, you're going to have to get over all of this crap and like bring some stuff up. Um, that is when I kind of fell into this and realized mm -hmm. that I had a lot more power to help people kind of working in this space and speaking in this space versus any other space. Yeah. Yeah. That's good because it's always better to get help from someone who has gone through what you've been through because oh they, there's a <laughs> deeper level of understanding that you like someone can be trained as a therapist or like a doctor, but if they haven't experienced what you've experienced or like been through something similar, I feel like there's always going to be some level of disconnect because they're just using their experience from like textbooks or like speaking with other people and not like real life. So 100%. that's really good. And that's why, I, you know, that's such a great point. It's I try to tell people that you need to kind of like lean into or ask for help from people who have had some kind of experience in that they've dealt with trauma, they've dealt with narcissism, whatever it is, because mm -hmm. like you said, there is a disconnect and there's almost like a disbelief. There's like a quiet gaslighting that happens when like, oh, well, are mm -hmm. you sure you didn't just take that too personally? You know, there's mm -hmm. always some kind of doubt there if you haven't really gone through that insanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that like subtle gaslighting can either make or break your experience with that person. Cause like Completely. if you're going through something or like you experience something super traumatic and the person that's supposed to be helping you through it, like a professional doesn't really get it. And they're like subtly doing that. I feel like yeah. it can totally make a distorted view of like reality and kind of like really mess up your healing process. So. Oh yeah. You'll just, I know from like when I had therapists, um, I begged and begged and begged to go to therapists when I was a teenager. Cause I knew mm -hmm. things were not right. And that like, it was really messing me up. And I got taken once or twice, but it was always very quickly into like, oh, well, this is just an angsty teenager who's angry at mm -hmm. her parents and wants to complain to a therapist, which when you look at it, it doesn't even make sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make like, why would a teenager go through the hassle of doing all that? Um, but just that very subtle, like, mm, are you sure? Shut down. And I was like, well, that's it. Mm -hmm. I'm the bad guy. Like I'm the crap in this equation. Yeah. So I'm wrong. I'll just be quiet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I found you through TikTok. I was like just oh, cool. scrolling, came across your videos and yeah. it was talking about narcissism, yeah. obviously, which, which is what you focus on. And 
I grew up with a narcissistic father and I didn't like start to realize that until later in life. And I think, like you said at the beginning, there's a lot of confusion nowadays, I think, with narcissism and like what exactly is a narcissist, because like the word does seem to kind of be trending where people will just like label someone as a narcissist just because they do something that's like a little selfish or maybe makes them upset. So they're like, okay, you're a narcissist, you know, exactly. And without (laughs) actually having like an official diagnosis by professional or anything like that. So can you kind of like give us a definition of what exactly is a narcissist and like how to pinpoint one in your day-to-day sure. life. Yeah, absolutely. So it's always when I see people talking like a nine out of 10 times, when you see someone talking about narcissism on the internet, they just talk about someone who's like really full of themselves mm-hmm. and it's like a big braggart and is like sucks up all the air in the room, just being like, I'm the best. You do what I tell you to do. And then they have these mm-hmm. really obvious patterns of like exploding on people, right? Punishing them. Uh, but that's, just like so 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 superficial true narcissism fundamentally and like this is in the dsm-5 which is you know it's a whole nother kettle of fish but Mm -hmm. narcissism fundamentally comes with an empathy deficit so this is someone who does not have empathy for other people they just Mm -hmm. cannot empathize so they are able to subject the people around them to like really horrendous treatment and detach Mm -hmm. themselves from it completely because they do not empathize with it and a true narcissist also has a fundamental insecurity which is why they have all these different personalities to try to mask that insecurity so you might get someone yeah who's like a big bragger you know i'm the best that kind of macho stuff but then behind Mm -hmm. closed doors you know that like it's inherently because they're insecure they're trying to cover up the fact that they're this broken little child they Mm -hmm. don't want anyone to see that Um, and it's the same with every narcissist but it is a personality disorder so there's like two hundred thousand different ways that these personality disorders can manifest like each one mm-hmm. um, and it's the same thing with narcissism it can there's so many different personality types that they will develop to mask that insecurity and to kind of act on that lack of empathy so you can get a covert narcissist as well who is someone who plays the victim all the time they'll never say they're the best it's always like poor me uh, mm-hmm. and they'll make like a big disaster like a financial disaster that someone has to come in and clean up for them or you know, mm-hmm. relationship disasters all the time. There's so many different ways, but true narcissism, it, it comes down to that lack of empathy, which is not, you don't see that in a selfish person. A selfish person like might have a momentary lapse where they just think about themselves, but then when they're confronted, right, they feel regret, they feel some mm-hmm. empathy, they feel some compassion, they feel bad for what they did. But narcissists don't do that. They kind of also live in a delusion. Mm-hmm. that it's their reality and they expect everyone else to conform to that reality whatever that reality is it, it may not be like a big grandiose narcissist reality it might be something far more subtle you know and that's why we see parents who are narcissists who create these toxic little families there's this delusion that they have to live in to to keep themselves separate from that insecurity and that total lack of empathy mm-hmm. yeah yeah like so my dad he like he's never been diagnosed as a narcissist but like by learning through people like you it's very clear like all of the tendencies that he has and like the extreme lack of empathy and especially like you see it displayed most in the relationship that he has with my mom where it's constantly like one day it's I hate you and like sending horrible horrible mean texts and like telling my sisters and I that 
like he wants a divorce from my mom and like all these horrible, horrible things. And then the next day it's like, I love you so much. You're the love of my life. I want this marriage to work and all this stuff. And then like, of course, dragging my sisters and stuff into it. And it's just like this complete, like you said, lack of empathy for one, my mom's emotions and like my sisters and I as well, by dragging us into like their marriage problems instead of sorting it out themselves. And just like from your knowledge, how do you think like growing up with a parent narcissist affects both like the children and the husband or wife, like the spouse when they're living with someone like that? Sure. There's so, oh my gosh, there's so much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's so many different layers. Um, For the kids, we'll just, we'll start with the kids. Um, Developmentally, when you grow up with this kind of parent who Mm -hmm. can just see, because there's an awareness to narcissists as well, right? Like Mm -hmm. they know, they may not know that they're toxic or Mm -hmm. like they may not know that they're a narcissistic person, but they know that they're hurting people around them. They Mm -hmm. see their kids crying and like getting super, super, super upset and having trouble with school or having trouble in relationships. They see their partners Mm -hmm. falling apart, shutting down, being overly emotional. Like they know that they are a problem. There's an awareness Mm -hmm. to it, but they don't care because they get Mm -hmm. away with it and it gives them power. And, you know, that's just what they feel like doing and they're not Mm going to be held accountable for it. Um, And that is when when you're a child and you're subjected to that first of all it completely destabilizes your trust your parents um you form attachment with your parents super early like within the first three days after birth is when you form like the first really strong attachment Mm -hmm. Uh, and your parents if you can't trust them if you learn at a young age that you cry too long before they come to change you or you have to sit in diaper rash for too long like seriously when you're that young before you can even remember it you learn to feel unsafe to feel unstable and not to trust Mm-hmm. And that translates through your childhood and into your adulthood, which affects your relationships, right? You you will build relationships with people you can't trust. And then also even the ones you can, you'll struggle to do that. You'll push them away because you're so fearful that they're going to betray mm-hmm. you like these toxic parents have betrayed you. Um, it also completely destabilizes your trust of self, which affects your sense of self, your self-esteem, uh, and that affects everything your performance throughout school the kind of career you choose for yourself the kind of friendships you make for yourself the kind of family that you might end up build um, that's just developmentally right like that's just like peer-reviewed you can go and google all of that um, mm-hmm. when you have these narcissistic parents who flip-flop make you feel unstable make you feel unsafe that's how the children get affected um, and that's kind of just kind of like an overview when you're in the relationship with the narcissist, it is totally derailing. You have to shut yourself off completely. Um, and what you find is a lot of people end up kind of sliding down the slope into behaving like the narcissist, into behaving like their partner, their abuser, because that's one of the only ways they can kind of get by and survive. They lose themselves. They're not allowed to have space for their own passions or interests mm-hmm. um, or even an opinion or emotions or anything like mm-hmm. that. So you learn to deny yourself entirely mm-hmm. your your whole sense of self and you learn to also like lash out at everyone right because mm-hmm. if you're getting punished that doesn't feel good but you can't punish the narcissist for it you can't hold them accountable so what you find in a lot of families is they'll then like if the mom is getting dumped on by your narcissistic father she might turn around and lash out at you guys and dump mm-hmm. stuff on you guys and make you guys take up a bunch of burden you see like that parentification thing happening, you find triangulation on the other side of that. It's so complex. It's just like Mm -hmm. a disgusting spider web. And you would see that in my family as well. Like my mom would just, she was a covert narcissist. So she would dump Mm -hmm. and dump and dump. And just, she was just this negative, like black hole that would just 
vomit negative energy and complain mm -hmm. about everything, talk bad about everybody and everything all the time. And <clears throat> like, I didn't realize, but as a teenager, I would then go to school and I would like find the bullies and I would just go and like target the bullies because that mm -hmm. allowed me to dump on them all the negativity and the bullying that was being dumped on me mm -hmm. at home. So that's the kind of patterns and cycles that you see with it. Yeah. So like you said, you mentioned a little bit that they always get away with it and like you can't yeah. really confront them. So yeah. why do you think that narcissists always get away get away with their actions because like my dad he has said horrible things to people like employees called them like cussed at them yelled at them screamed at them in the office like said horrible things to friends and neighbors and it's always like a, the relationships that he forms only last for about six months like with friends because then they realize who he actually is and then they yep. disappear <laughs> yeah. but then they he still always manages to just get away with everything so like why do you yep. think that happens well i'll tell you how they do it and i'll tell you why they do it the how mm -hmm. is uh when they need to when they need to use somebody or get something or they want to impress someone because they have to like keep that mask up. Um, they can be incredibly charming, incredibly mm -hmm. charming. And that's one of those other things that will help you pick up on is someone really a narcissist or not? Because like, if we're talking about like borderline personality disorder, right? And mm -hmm. this is like the example that I like to use someone with borderline personality can't control their outbursts. They, they get triggered, they get super emotional and whatever is going on inside of them right there. And then once it builds up, it's going to happen. They don't, it's, it, will happen to anybody they'll do it at work mm -hmm. they'll do it to a boss they'll do it to a coworker. it's explosive but with a narcissist it's so calculated and controlled because they a lot of them if it's someone that in that moment they need to get something from they can turn that charm on so quickly mm -hmm. so quickly and that's also part of their idealization process it's how they get people in kind of very quickly they can mirror the behaviors that they pick up that person wants to see or they can mm -hmm. like pick up on the patterns that that person likes and they'll reflect it back to the person and oh i like all the same things you do and i believe all the same things you do very very quickly and then mm -hmm. once you trigger them or they take something personally then that's it you're getting mm -hmm. trashed like you're getting destroyed yeah and then yeah the why of why they do it which is um it's a little bit different is because they have to put that mask on because fundamentally it goes back to the insecurity. Mm -hmm. they, if anybody sees how broken they really are, it would, they would, that would be it. Like a narcissist would have an actual break. They would mm -hmm. have a, a mental, emotional, psychotic, almost break. If someone were to actually discover what they were. And that's why when you see what they really are, they just like, they're going to destroy you. They're going to destroy mm -hmm. everything. So yeah. that's the why of why they like put that mask on and then destroy somebody when mm -hmm. someone's no longer playing the game. Yeah, that's that's so true because the second you, like as long as you're agreeing with him and going along with what he says, mm -hmm. everything's fine. But the second you say no or try to like go a different route or do something your way, Punished. he blows up on you. Like it's, it doesn't matter if you're in a restaurant and you like didn't take a bite of something he wanted you to take a bite out of, he will blow up on you and like yell and scream and like all like, just the simplest things cause those little triggers. And it's just like mind blowing the way that they think that stuff like that is okay. But like you said, it's just like the lack of empathy and awareness yeah. and like they're living in this distorted delusion reality. And if like a waitress or a waiter or had come to the table in that moment, he probably would have mm -hmm. been able to flip on the charm and, and totally make it look like it was your fault that he exploded. Mm -hmm. Like this yeah. child is just totally out of control. She's so disrespectful. 
doesn't listen to me. Can you believe I work so hard to provide mm -hmm. for this child and she's not eating the meal that I've provided? You know, they can really feel yeah. it right no. there in front of people. And it's like, yeah. you're a screaming maniac. Everyone in here saw it. <laughs> uh -huh. I mean, that's like literally spot on to the way that he acts because like he'll explode like that. And then he'll mm -hmm. turn to someone and be like, these kids are just so ungrateful. Like that's I it. have given them the life that they have lived. Like they would have nothing without me and all this that's stuff. It. And it's just, it's so mind blowing. But yeah. <laughs> do you think that they are just born this way? Like this is just within them from the beginning or are they made this way over their childhoods too? I think it's both. I think it's nature mm -hmm. and nurture. I think some people are predisposed. Um, so personality disorders, like 95% of the time or something, like maybe it's 93% of the time, they come with comorbidities. So they come with other mental health issues and it can be like mm -hmm. depression and anxiety, bipolar disorder, but it's not uncommon to find really more extreme um, mental health conditions that like require really big treatment and medication. Mm -hmm. um, so it's such a complex like it's just absolutely um it's fascinating it's complex it's very very scary and that's why you kind of find these people who like fluctuate in and out of these extremes mm -hmm. um sorry i kind of lost what was the can we start with the original question there? i lost track my brain no it's okay <laughs> uh, miles an hour. just like do they are they oh, naturally born just way, born that way or yeah, sorry yeah um, yeah. So some of them will be like predisposed, right? Like mm -hmm. they have all these other mental health conditions. And so my mother is a great example for that. Um, my mother, she, she was a narcissist, like 150%. And she also had a ton of other mental health conditions that had been diagnosed. So she had mm -hmm. bipolar one, which is very, very, very extreme. It has to be carefully monitored, managed. Most mm -hmm. people with it have to take medication. It's just, they have to, um, and she had all this childhood trauma as well. And so what happened to her is that, unfortunately, she was able to kind of lean into all of the bad things that happened to her. And she mm -hmm. kind of morphed into a narcissist over time. Like she realized that it gave her a power over people and it let her get away with, you know, being a really crappy mom and all these other kind of things. So she was kind of born that way, right? Because she had all of these things that were already wrong with her brain. And then she kind of leaned into that narcissism. So in that way, they're kind of born that way, but they can entirely just, they can just turn that way themselves. You don't have to have a bunch of trauma in your history. You don't have to have a bunch of other mental health conditions to be narcissistic, to have like really extreme narcissistic tendencies. Mm -hmm. um, there's, they've been actually doing studies in the U.S. since prior to World War II on narcissistic behavior and, and narcissistic personality disorder. And each generation, every 10 years, they've done tests and it increases across every generation. And a lot of that is believed to be because culturally, you know, America has this history of exceptionalism. You know, we're number one, no one's better mm -hmm. than us. And that trickles down, that gets lodged in the back of the brain as a program. And it, mm -hmm. you know, feeds into the way you think about yourself, the way you think about your relationships and the people around you. Um, so kind of culturally, these narcissists can be created. They don't have to have a bunch of like pain or trauma or, you know, a serial killer brain or anything like mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So in today's society, do you think like social media and the focus just on ourselves and like the individualistic society Absolutely. that we live in has been increasing? Narcissism? Absolutely. 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 Um, they've now increased the studies to other Western countries and it's, it's mm -hmm. oddly, it's happening in China as well. Mm -hmm. um, which usually had more of like a communal kind of belief system, but it's kind of gotten more westernized. But 
these mm. Western cultures where we are more hyper individualism, right? Like you do everything yourself. You like stand mm. on your own, no one else in your little island. You're number one. Mm. That absolutely feeds into it. It absolutely feeds yeah. into it. And social media has been a part of these studies now for years. And they absolutely know that that contributes to it. Because basically everyone's got like narcissistic tendencies. It's part of our self-preservation mm. mechanism, right? Like sometimes you got to choose yourself. Like if, if, the herd decides to run off a cliff, you need to be able to go, yeah, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to die mm -hmm. so that we don't turn into lemmings. But it can be triggered by things like social media with this emphasis on me, 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 me. Yeah. Um, and it can absolutely be emphasized and people just lean into it. You know, it's a spectrum. And if you lean too far, you just fly off to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. I heard somebody say once that our Instagram accounts are just like mini shrines for ourselves like, and like thinking oh, yeah. of ourselves as idols. And it's just like, crazy to think about that and how it kind of like makes you take a step back and really look at like what you're posting on social media and like is it always 100%. about me 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 or do I want to like because that's one thing that you like a clear example of this is like when somebody goes to a really beautiful place and instead of just taking a picture of like the beach or the mountains or something they have to make sure that they're in the they're picture in yeah. yeah and it's just crazy and, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's made me very like all of my social media now is just for professional stuff it's just mm -hmm. to like put out my information I almost cringe now because I'm work I've worked so much in this space mm -hmm. like I cringe talking about myself it's made me question how much I say the word I mm -hmm. when I'm talking to other people or just going through a day like I try to minimize my use of the word I mm -hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> I don't want to tip myself over that side and it's so easy to do because it feels good mm -hmm. it is and like you kind of notice it and pick up on it when you're in conversations with other people or when you meet new people that you like haven't met before yeah. And you'll notice oh, yeah. that like majority of people will never ask you a question about never. yourself. They won't. Yeah. The, it's just them talking about their problems, what's going on in their life. And yes. totally the conversation is just one-sided. And it's so like, it's just crazy and mind-blowing that that's like how society is going. And obviously like there's so many exceptions to that and not everyone is like that, but it's just so frequent now. It's so common. It, it's it's hard to get away from. Yeah. It's very, I actually... Did an experiment a couple years ago which ended with me losing most of my friends because you know mm -hmm. i was raised in a narcissistic household i had three definite narcissists two mm -hmm. diagnosed but three of them were like absolutely adults um and because of that like all of my friends ended up being narcissists as well for the most part not all of them mm -hmm. but for the most part my friends ended up being narcissists because I had for a long time when I called that like Prometheus syndrome because Prometheus mm -hmm. got chained to the rock and every day an eagle would come down and just like peck at him, peck at him, peck at him. And mm -hmm. then he would go to sleep and he'd wake up and he'd be healed. And then the eagle would come back, just peck at him, peck at him, peck at him. And yeah. I had, that's like what we get. Like that's what we're conditioned by narcissists, right? To just like let them take, 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 take. We never get anything. They just take, take, take until we're completely exhausted. And then we have mm -hmm. to start the cycle all over again. So mm -hmm. all of my friendships were like that. And so a couple years ago, I was like, I'm going to stop messaging first mm -hmm. and I'm going to stop asking them questions because it was always me like, how are you? How are you? And I yeah. was waiting for people to ask me questions and I lost like almost all my friends. <laughs> yeah. It's so crazy. Like the second yeah. you stop reaching out, you never hear from them and That's it's just it. crazy. Yeah. Um, but it's for the best if there are That's people exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so like, cause you have so much experience with narcissists, like growing up in a narcissistic family and like, do you think there's this quote that I heard I don't know where but 
that children of narcissists either become narcissists themselves or they become extremely codependent and like do you see validity in that absolutely i was i was i have to struggle i still struggle with this um the -hmm. relationship i have now is very conscious very very healthy we've been together almost a decade um but i have to fight that urge right to not Mm -hmm. be completely codependent because that's the side that i came out on my siblings came out on the other side right Mm -hmm. the the narcissism side because unless you really get conscious about yourself you get really aware and intentional and you like dig deep you will just kind of slot yourself into a pattern and just start reacting like that's Mm -hmm. what it is you will just react and so you're either gonna act like the person who raised you or you're gonna be horrified by that person and kind of shut down and then you're gonna act on that path which is Mm -hmm. codependency so i think that's 100 percent accurate yeah 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 i definitely fell into the codependency side and like my little sister, she's 16 right now. And she, I already noticed that she's falling into the narcissistic side. Like she acts exactly the same as my dad. Like if you do something wrong, she will yell and scream at you and like explode. And it's like, I always tell my mom that like, it's, I think we really need to get her into therapy because if she's so young still, like she's only 16. So there's, it's like preventative, but my mom is kind of like, stuck in that cycle still of like being married to him that it's hard for her to like really see outside of herself because she's just in survival mode all the time absolutely yeah yeah you're constantly walking on eggshells like yeah it's 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 horrible insane Mm -hmm. insane i when i actually got i didn't realize that this was happening at the time but when i left and moved six thousand miles away Mm -hmm. um, for the first two weeks i basically just like slept I, Mm -hmm. my body just like slept because I was out of that environment. It was like the survival mode, even though I was in a foreign country by myself to start a new life and a new job and all of that stuff. It was more relaxed and like at ease. And like, I lost weight and all this other kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. Like it was just nuts. It was nuts. And it was just because I got out of that environment that was putting me in survival mode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for people listening, they may think like, oh, I want to get out, but I'm not like at that point yet in my life. Like if they're still too young to move out of their house or something like how do you recommend or how what advice would you give them to help them feel more comfortable and like with the life that they're living and it's also like more self-aware with the abuse that they are receiving from that narcissist in their life because it's so hard and if you're around it every single day it can be it's so easy to just think that that's normal it's like how would you help them with that um i always say start by learning everything you can get your hands on all the free low cost um Mm -hmm. high quality information that you can there's so much out there there's so many good blogs and you can just get on psychology today and start going through articles for free Mm -hmm. you can just type in like narcissistic family you can go to medium and type it in um you can get on TikTok. you can you know attend free workshop like there's so much virtual stuff you can take free classes The first thing is getting as much knowledge as you can because that empowers you to do everything else you need to Mm -hmm. really be able to see where you're at so that then you can choose the right choices to make for yourself the right actions to take Mm -hmm. in order to get yourself where you need to be after you've kind of learned as much as you can and you're feeling confident with the knowledge portion of things Mm -hmm. um that's when i tell everyone you gotta lean into the gray rock technique and i can't remember the name of um the person who started that but basically the gray rock technique is learning not to give the toxic narcissistic people any fuel right because what they love to do is they love to bully you so that you react they love to poke at you 
nag you, corner you, make fun of you, whatever it is until you mm-hmm. explode back. And then the narcissist can go, look, see, that's why I treat you that way. Because look at you, you're crazy or mm-hmm. like you're mean or you're the abusive one, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So what you have to do, the gray rock technique is learning never to react and to never, ever, ever give them any kind of information that you care about. So you keep it completely surface level at all times. You keep it really you know, nice. You can smile at them, be conversational, mm-hmm. but you never tell them anything real. You can make up lies. It doesn't matter. You never tell them information about yourself that they can use against you to make fun of you or bully you or to go and start rumors or anything else. Um, and in that space, you kind of start to emotionally detach because you're like a gray rock when you're around them you just it bounces off you never ever ever react and give them any kind of fuel Mm -hmm. and that's how they lose their power at first they'll definitely like overreact to that because they won't like it they'll feel Mm -hmm. what's going on but eventually if they realize that you're not going to explode back you're not going to play the game they will go and find someone else to target Mm -hmm. long enough for you to catch your breath yeah i really like that i like that a lot because that's like exactly what my dad will do he, he'll pick a target and like yeah. usually it's someone who isn't like going along with what he says so yeah. like whenever I go home like I I now just don't even talk to him like we have no relationship yeah. which is better because like when he is in my life it's really chaotic you know there's so much more drama but when I do go home for like holidays and stuff and he's there and I don't talk to him at all at first mm-hmm. he'll be like what's your problem like yeah, and picking at me and be sending me texts like because he communicates through text like even if we're in the same house he'll be like I need you right now to go fold my laundry or like because he kind of he kind of views my sisters and I and my mom as like servants so he'll like text us and mm -hmm, exactly like if you're in the kitchen making yourself a plate of food he'll be like grabbing from your plate and eating it or tell you like make me one too and with no like please or thank you or anything like that and I always noted that noticed that that the first couple are days or two that I'm home he's like that but then after like three days I just become irrelevant because like I've stopped like all communication like he just knows that he's not going to get a reaction so he like switches to somebody else and it's just so crazy you're like I know what you're doing I see what you're doing because you do have Mm -hmm. to weather that storm because there's like there's no good way to deal with a narcissist you can either go no be nasty right they're gonna like Mm -hmm. still try to destroy you even after that Um, or you can do the gray rock technique either way you're gonna have to weather a storm but if you can Mm -hmm. learn to do that and laugh at it it's Mm -hmm. like one of the most funny things to watch because it's like you see it you're like yeah you're gonna bully me for three days and you're gonna back off because you know you have no power over me anymore Mm -hmm. exactly (laughs) so for someone who hasn't been like the most self-aware and doesn't really know that they're dealing with a narcissist but they're starting to kind of get to the point where they're coming to and like kind of like breaking through that barrier and actually understanding that the person they're dealing with is a narcissist. Like I know expectations is like a really hard thing with that because you expect the narcissist to like change or to act a certain way, but then they never do. So how do you recommend people go about handling that? I always say the best way to get out of that cycle of like where you wake up a little bit and then you kind of get hopeful and then Mm -hmm. you just get knocked down again. when you're healing narcissistic abuse the best thing you can do for yourself is to get angry it's Mm -hmm. to allow yourself to get angry because what your anger does is it allows you to hold them accountable and i'm not saying that like 
you're going to stand up and confront them and they're going to like like justice is going to rain down from the clouds but what i mean by that is that in your mind when you finally allow yourself to get angry with a narcissist that's when your mind switches and finally goes no absolutely not you don't get away with this you're not going to talk to me that way you're not going to treat me that way and you're definitely not going to control my emotions anymore Mm -hmm. you need that anger to flip the switch to to make you either have the courage to go gray rock or in the extreme case to like give yourself the courage to walk away from them you have to allow yourself to get angry because that's where the accountability is going to come from right you don't you're not Mm -hmm. going to hold them accountable by being sad and crying to them or crying to the people around you Mm -hmm. you know that's just going to put you in a depressive state it's going to cloud the way you your judgment and all these other things but that anger is very empowering especially when it's armed with that knowledge that you built mm-hmm. for yourself yeah they're, and they're master manipulators too and so it's so because it creates a cycle where like you get angry but then they manipulate you and then they put themselves like in the victim spot so then you feel bad for them like I feel I don't know why but I always just feel so bad for my dad yeah even though he's done so many horrible, horrible things. And it just creates that cycle where then like he manipulates you, you feel bad for him. And then he um, will like do something that really, really pisses you off. And then that anger starts again. So like, how can we just continue to remember that they are manipulating us and like see through that? I can tell you what helped me and what I tell my clients. And it is to stop when you get into that place where you start to feel bad for them. You need to stop and remember all the bad stuff that they've done to you, right? That's the first Mm -hmm. thing. And then you remember that, you know what? I've been a victim, like truly, and we're going to use this sparingly, but I've been a victim and I'm not allowed to act that way. So Mm -hmm. I'm not allowed to do this. He's not allowed to do this. That's where you can stop having your empathy weaponized Mm -hmm. against you is focusing in that moment when you feel that switch being like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. He never extends that to me. Like he's never mm-hmm. extended this kind of compassion and forgiveness to me. Like it's always just punishment and forget it. No, mm-hmm. no, no. You're not getting away with that. Like we're going to keep it equal here. What you do, I do vice versa. Like we're not mm-hmm. playing that game. That will really help you kind of hold on to the, to that kind of intelligent, justified anger and kind of detach yourself emotionally from the victim thing again, because if you don't get any grace to like have have the victim mm-hmm. moment they don't get it they don't yeah. get that pity they don't get any of that mm-hmm. yeah I like that and how do you how would you recommend you go about like so say like your one of your parents is a narcissist and like yeah. your if mom or father and like siblings and stuff they aren't at the point yet where they can like totally say no I don't want you in my life like and it just having that mixture in your family just creates so much dysfunction and it's really hard to like even interact with your siblings and stuff and sometimes because they're so damaged but they don't like put in the work to actually heal themselves and like get through it and remove themselves from that situation so like how do you recommend you like either break through with your siblings Mm -hmm. and your parents that are being abused or like help them see what's actually going on and like the reality of the situation that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, unfortunately, you can't just like tell them, right? You can't just be like, mm-hmm. he's a narcissist. Stop it. It's just mm-hmm. it won't work that way. Everyone has to wake up to that on their own. So unfortunately, you can't do that. What you can do to try to inspire them on one level is you can break out of the cycle. And you can create a really happy, fulfilled, 
life for yourself because that will give you a glow that will inspire them it really does like they would be like holy crap like maybe i should start reading some of these books that you're reading because like your life looks really good and you seem so much happier than we do so that's one way you can do it but what i always recommend is that you keep the door unlocked and the boundaries strong right so if you can't change them you can't change them you can't change their mind and you also have to be very careful of if they're still trapped in abuse they could be feeding stuff back to your narcissist, keeping tabs on you, basically operating as flying monkeys. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to exclude them from your life, but you have to be wary when they're still trapped in that abuse. So you leave the door unlocked in case they ever come and knock and beg for help and like beg for you to, you know, drag them along the path. But you have to keep those boundaries strong. So you kind of have mm-hmm. to play gray rock light with them. You can't feed them information that's very important to you because you have to assume that everything goes back to the narcissist. Mm-hmm. Everything goes back to the narcissist and will be used against you. So you just kind of keep the focus on them, keep it superficial, um, and kind of try to lean into a chosen family that you can surround yourself, people that are really fully, genuinely safe for you to mm-hmm. just be 100% present with. Uh, and you know, if you do that, what you usually find is they will come around to you mm-hmm. and ask for you to like point them in the right direction. And that's when you can open the door to them and start having more serious dialogue about what's been happening to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And do you think that there's any possibility that they can ever change like through serious therapy or anything like that? I know most probably wouldn't even consider doing that because they think that they're just amazing, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they, so personality disorders, um, You know, Mm -hmm. and even if it's not full on diagnosed NPD, if you've kind of slid into that extreme end, um, narcissists don't tend, you can't, you can't heal or recover or change a personality disorder just doesn't happen. You can Mm -hmm. learn to manage it. Unfortunately, narcissism specifically, uh, true narcissist is nine times out of 10, not going to be able to say they've done something wrong. Everyone Mm -hmm. else is going to be at fault for what's happened to them. And that's why there's no accurate statistics on how many narcissists they are, right? Because Mm -hmm. they don't like to be accountable, which means if you're not willing to say, Hey, I'm doing something bad. I'm going to go to therapy with a real therapist. Then you can't get counted. And even Mm -hmm. the ones that do say that usually do it to manipulate the other people in their relationships. So they can say like, Oh, look, I went to therapy and there's nothing wrong with me. You're the problem. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of this weird, um, they can learn to manage it. There's examples of it, right? Because you have like mental mm-hmm. healness on TikTok. He's excellent. Mm-hmm. He is an aware narcissist. He goes to therapy all the time. And he's very vocal about like, this will never be cured, but I can tell you people how I act and I can manage myself and manage the mm-hmm. way I act with my children. So they can absolutely learn how to manage their behavior if they ever, ever, ever step up to take accountability. But he is the literally the only one I've ever seen that's done that. He's yeah. literally the only narcissist I have ever seen in my entire life that has been like, yeah, no, I suck. (laughs) Yeah, no, you'll never, ever, ever hear them say that. Like my dad has never once apologized for anything. And if you confront him about it, like, like he's blatantly cheated on my mom. Like we all know multiple, multiple times. And if you say like, we know you have, like, we've literally seen you with the woman, like, and he'll be like, no, you're lying. That's not true. Yeah. And like straight to your face, like, and it's just like, gets to the point where just we would much rather you just own up to it and just yeah. say it just instead of just being so oblivious Even if they but, do apologize it ends up usually being for manipulation 
Um, mm-hmm. Like I tell the story about my mom called me about a week before she died, like sobbing mm-hmm. just out of the middle of nowhere. I was like in the middle of a work day and she called me sobbing mm-hmm. and just didn't care what I was doing or what I was in the middle of and being like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was such a bad mother to you. And she didn't name anything specifically. She was just mm-hmm. begging me to forgive her for being a bad mom. And it was because she had just had a near death experience and she knew yeah. that she was on her way out and she mm-hmm didn't actually care about what she had done to me she just wanted me to absolve her of guilt before she died mm-hmm. because she was scared yeah. of what was going to be on the other side so like mm-hmm. they don't i again i don't think they ever change i really no. don't and i don't think a true narcissist ever really feels enough kind of regret or mm-hmm. you know whatever to to want to change yeah yeah so do you have any books podcasts or like other resources you'd recommend for people to check out to like learn more about this or stuff that you just yeah. personally enjoy uh i always always recommend mental healness on tiktok mm-hmm. because it's just fascinating because he is a diagnosed narcissist and and getting his take is just excellent and he mm-hmm. he analyzes like voice recordings for people and people will record re- interactions with their partners and send it to him and he'll break it down um, mm-hmm. So on TikTok, that's my favorite narcissism account. It's absolutely fantastic. For books, um, for people who have been abused by narcissists, and this is not a narcissism specific book, but the book I always, always, always recommend everyone to get. It's called Trauma and Recovery mm-hmm. by Judith Herman. Um, she's a doctor and it's a fantastic book, which breaks down what trauma really is, but also how it affects our bodies, how it affects our relationships. And it also explores like the trauma of just living in this kind of world where we're just Mm -hmm. exposed to extreme news and war and famine and death and all these other things all the time. So uh, trauma and recovery by Mm -hmm. Judith Herman. That's, that's one that I always, always, always push. And also um, I always forget, I always forget the, the writer's name, but the, the body keeps score. Oh, the body keeps the score. Yeah. That one's good. Yeah. That one's really, really, I think it's like Van Bessel or Van Belk or something like that. Yeah, I I think so. (laughs) Yeah. That one's really good because I don't think people realize that the damage, the emotional damage, it's actually brain trauma. Like trauma Mm -hmm. is brain trauma, emotional trauma. So it completely messes up your nervous system, which affects your immune system and your muscles and you get chronic illness and all these other things. So Mm -hmm. that's kind of my like initial go-to pack that I always recommend. Those are great recommendations. I'll have to check that guy out on yeah. TikTok. That sounds really interesting. So. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. And where can people find you? Like your Instagram, website, TikTok, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, the best place, if you want to get like daily updates and like daily kind of little tidbits and advice and knowledge um, is going to be TikTok. And mm-hmm. you can find me there at the real EB Johnson. And you can actually find me on Instagram, the same thing at the real EB Johnson. Um, and my website is therealebjohnson.com. <laughs> Pretty Perfect. straightforward. But um, if you head to any of those, you can find, you know, my daily coaching, you can find my mm-hmm. blog, you can find my podcast. Um, there's a million different resources out there. And most of them are free or low cost for me as well. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And I highly recommend everyone listening, go check Evie out. I love her content. I love what she's doing. Like educating this stuff to people in like a free or like a low cost way is so important because so many people just don't even know about it. And then they can like come across one of your videos and be like, oh my God, like this has just been a huge awakening for me. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I hope this is like gonna lift the veil for some people and kind of help them, you know, see what's going on in their lives. Thank you.